Hello, how you doing? Welcome to season two, episode four of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you're having a lovely week. I really am enjoying the start of normality here in the UK, like going out. I sort of talk about it a little bit every week. Like it's so nice to have a bit of a social life. I've actually been out two Saturdays in a row now to see some friends and it's been fabulous but I have to admit, it's taking me a little bit of time to adapt my energy levels. And I feel like that sounds such an OTT thing to say. But one of the things I loved about lockdown was actually slowing down and doing the things that you wanted to do, but you always put off because you felt too busy. And now we're only incorporating a little bit. It's not like we can even properly go out yet or do anything like that. And like I say, I am loving it. It's so good to see my friends but I'm so sleepy. The last two weeks I have been so sleepy. I feel like my tolerance levels for my standard of busyness have gone way down and it's definitely going to take me some time to adapt and be able to hack the social life, the normal life really that I used to have before. But moving on to this week's episode, I want to give a very clear warning before the episode starts to say that there is a lot of talk around rape and sexual assault because the episode is all about women's safety. So just to let you all know before the conversation begins, I am so grateful to Amy Jackson. Amy is a friend of mine. We have actually known each other in a roundabout way since junior school. And then Amy and I reconnected in the last couple of years when she began working at the beauty salon that I go to. And we used to have lots of lovely conversations when she would do my nails and facials and things like that. And Amy has always been a very lovely, bubbly, chatty and a very open lady. And when the awful news of Sarah Everard's death broke on the news, Amy was very brave and posted a status about an awful event that had happened to her. And I actually reached out and we ended up in a really in-depth discussion about it on both ends and talked about different experiences that we've both had. And we really opened up to each other and Amy was saying how she just felt like there was something she wanted to do, but she she couldn't think what to do next. And I invited Amy to come on Be Bougie, Be True, Be You and talk about her experiences and her thoughts on women's safety. So let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Welcome, Amy Jackson. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I am so grateful to you coming on and doing this episode with me because obviously we've known each other, well, actually a really long time, but we yeah. really got to know each other over the last couple of years because you worked at the salon I go to and you used to do my nails and you did a fantastic yeah. job and we always used to have a <laughs> chat and obviously we have each other on social media mm-hmm. and when the awful situation around Sarah Everard came out in the media in recent weeks you were very very brave and you shared a post about an experience that happened with you 
and then we started talking about it and sharing our own experiences with each other and I just thought it was so amazing how you said you really wanted to do something you wanted to help or, or just you couldn't think of anything but there was some you just felt like you wanted to do something yeah Mm-hmm. And when I put this to you and said, do you want to come on and talk about it? You were you were so up for doing that. And this is such, so a, up for it. <laughs> such a difficult subject. So thank you so much. You're so welcome, Charlotte. <laughs> so you very bravely shared on social media that you've been through a horrendous ordeal. You shared that you have been raped. So what was it about the news of Sarah Everard that made you want to share your experience? So to start with, I think personally, when it happened, um, so many women and girls come forward with their experiences. And that in itself made me feel so, I can't explain, I I felt like I wasn't alone anymore. I felt like I wasn't the only one that had gone through things. I wasn't the only girl that had this big secret, this, you know, thing that was inside me. And hearing that from other people then made me think well maybe I should share my experience because if I'm thinking this when I see things online then perhaps my story and my bravery and me coming forward on social media can help other women and other girls to feel not so alone or come forward or share their stories so I just felt like a bit of a I don't know just like a bit of a warrior to go okay right I'm in this too I'm gonna help I'm gonna bring this out we need to stand together I'm with you and I'm with everybody else what kind of response did you get from social media for sharing your story so I had quite a positive response if I'm honest I saw so much negativity online. It was really, really hard for me. I actually had to come off of Facebook for a few days because some of the comments on some of the posts or the news or, you know, they were just so, so upsetting and degrading and just so arrogant. I had to come away. But personally, the response I got from my posts was just complete support. You know, women messaging me saying, I've been through the exact same. I had women even, you know, message me saying, please kind of copy and paste your status because I've had the exact same experience and you've worded this so well. I want to come forward and I want to use that. And they did. And they tagged me in it and people inboxed me. I've been through the same. Thank you for sharing this. How are you? And I'd ask how. It was just a bit like me and you, really, like sort of how we come together and just had a big old chat and supported each other. And that's really the response I wanted because that's what it was it was there to do that whole status it wasn't a status for me to go look what I've been through it was a status to go I've been through this too who else do you need support I'm here and I that in itself I think is so brave because as soon as you press that post button it must create a whole range of emotions there oh god honestly I will say I posted it and I went to delete it about 50 times because I just thought oh my god what have I put on Facebook what have I put on Instagram what what have I done are people going to judge me am I like the people that did this to me are they going to see this is someone going to tell them that that this is on there do they do they even realize what they've done you know it was kind of like am I am I getting a backlash from this or am I going to get positivity from this and the more positivity that come through and the more women that messaged me and gave me that thank you so much I just, that it stayed up longer and longer and longer <laughs> well i'm so relieved and i'm so pleased that you were able to help so many people and you got such a positive response were you surprised by the response that you got was it what you expected 
I think I'm, I'm not going to lie. The statistics say 97%. And I know a lot of people don't believe that, but I do. If anything, I think it's probably more because I think from the littlest thing, which still doesn't mean it isn't a big thing to somebody, to the biggest, you know, case, I think every woman has probably been through something. So to have women come forward and say, I've been through something didn't shock me at all. I, I have so many friends. We speak about it all the time that have gone through some sort of, you know, assault or this or that. But the response of being like how severe some of the things have been, yeah. You know, there's people you just think you'd never think for a million years they've been through such a horrible ordeal and suddenly they're confiding in you that they have and you're like, oh my God, I would never have thought this from this person. But it just goes to show that anyone can go through anything and you just you just don't know. You don't know what they've gone through. No, and it's... I always find it to be... As soon as you can say something out loud, you automatically... It doesn't change it. It doesn't take away the pain and the awful feelings, but it just starts to lift a little bit of that weight that you've been carrying. Yeah. Did you get many messages from men around your status? Uh, no. Uh, no one spoke to me, but I, I spoke to them. If I saw someone, uh, a man, speaking up, saying, like, putting, you know, sharing something or saying on their Instagram or their Facebook enough's enough now boys we've got to speak up with this you know I would reply immediately like thank you for this you know it's really means a lot as someone who is from the opposite sex this whole diversity of like the hashtag not all men but to have you actually standing with us beside us to help us get rid of this situation it means me so 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 much then that would end up in discussions but no no man actually messaged me in regards to my situation no one replied to me and said I'm really sorry you've been through that or anything like that it was just women but when I spoke to them about things that's when sort of more conversations happened but again not in regards to what I'd been through you know even if I slightly mentioned it it was more of a, I'm really sorry you've been through that but it was a brush under the carpet I, I do think it makes them uncomfortable I think the ones that this oh, this is I don't mean this to sound of anyone whether it's male or female the people that don't think it's true. Don't think the statistics are real. Don't think don't, they don't think you know. Well, it hasn't happened to me, or my me and my friends haven't done it. Whoever you are, I think they're so ignorant and blind to the fact that it is happening. So when you have somebody that is accepting this is happening, and you've got a man sharing this or saying enough's enough, when you go into that conversation, they kind of feel guilty. Because even then, I, this is what I think anyway, you know, I'm not saying definitely, but I think they feel guilty because they know, like, there are some people out there that are just terrible and they know that. And I think they do feel uncomfortable. And I think it is an uncomfortable topic to speak about, you know, especially from a man to a woman who, who can't really relate on the same level. It's always going to be a bit of a sticky situation to talk about, isn't it? So... I think you're right. I also think there will be a lot of men out there who would like to, but they would be they they maybe overthink it and think they might say the wrong thing or upset yeah. you, so they think it's safer and kinder not to. But I do yeah. think if we could get more men talking about this again, it just takes the stigma away. It helps it would help women to feel safer, I think. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I actually had one of the men that inboxed me was actually a policeman from Kent. And he said that in the beginning of lockdown one, when we could only go outside for exercise, um, he said that if there was, he put a post on his Instagram and said that if there was any women that felt, you know, uncomfortable or a bit scared to go out on their own for a walk, that he would assist them, you know, like come with them. He is a big lad, so he was not worried about things like this. And he said that the mixed response that he got made him delete the post because he got so many people, men and women, replying to him saying that's so out of order, you know, just because you're a big lad and we're women doesn't mean you should be putting this up. But I agreed with him, if I'm honest. To have someone say that personally for me, I think that's really lovely because we do live in a world where we can't go for a walk and listen to a podcast because we've got to have our ears open all the time. We can't walk alone at night time because we have to have, you know, we have to have our wits about us. We can't do that, unfortunately. So if someone said to me, if we, do you want to go for a walk? I'm a big lad and I can help you. I would go for it. But that's the thing he got such a mixed response he actually deleted that post he took away that help because of the backlash he got from it and that's probably what many men come come up against I think that is so sad and for the women out there who haven't come forward because they are too afraid maybe their shape whatever reason they haven't come around and spoken up yet they could have seen that and privately messaged him and said would you come with me and no one would need to know but it meant yeah. they could get out for their walk and because of people's judgments and opinions that has stopped that and I think that is so sad mm. when it came to your situation and what happened to you did you consider reporting it to the police? I've had a few things happen to me. <laughs> um, when my initial things happened to me, I was quite young. And I'll be really honest, I had no idea what was happening to me was rape. Right. And I still find it very difficult to this day, years and years and years later, to even say that word because it just feels so foreign to me because... It just didn't it just didn't fit in my head that what was happening to me was rape. It wasn't until years later I kind of had a very open discussion with my mum. Um, and obviously I think the world became more sort of open with, you know, the, the lines that shouldn't be crossed. And that's when I kind of realised that what happened to me was rape. So at the time, because of that, no, I didn't go to the police because I just kind of thought, well, it was that stigma of boys will be boys. And this sometimes happens and they want to have sex and that's what boys are like and it is that whole picture of boys always want to have sex and girls always want to go no I've got a headache and da 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 and it just was so socially accepted for men or boys to be like that it didn't even enter my mind that it was assault or rape let alone to then go to the police so with the situation that you came out about as you were older once you knew more and obviously this awful thing happened again. Yeah. Did anything change your mind this time? No, I think as well. So other experiences I've had, like being spiked, as you know, I had a very horrible experience when I was spiked a couple of years ago. The way I was treated in the, on that occasion, the way I was treated by the door staff and policemen that actually walked past me whilst I was completely unconscious on the floor on Brighton Seafront, terrified me because no, no one helped me no one no one believed me everyone thought I was just drunk even though I was completely unconscious at that point as somebody who's a police man or woman should your first thought not be 
let's get this girl to a hospital whether she's too drunk or been spiked or whatever's happened let's get her some help but no instead I was really badly manhandled and treated badly so in that instance absolutely there was no way I was going to go to the police and then things like that I just hear so many horror stories from other girls that say how how they're treated the court experience how things like what they were wearing how drunk they were things like that were brought up in court and that to me was just absolutely appalling disgusting and terrifying I wouldn't want to put myself through it you know it's traumatic enough to go through anything you go through whether it's assault rape whatever it is let alone to then be put through that again and so many women that I did speak to in regard to these posts that I've put up and got into conversations with it that did go to the police actually advised me never go to the police because it's the most traumatic thing you'll ever go through. It's worse than actually going through what you've gone through. And that's the advice I've been given from girls that have actually gone to the police. Do you know what? I don't know what to say to that. All I all I can say from, from my end is I am actually going through a situation with the police around a certain situation to do with something mm-hmm. like this. And yeah. I can't talk about that because it's yeah. still ongoing. So that's all I can say. But Mm -hmm. I would love to talk to you another point when I can talk more about it, because the fact that that is a woman's response to a system that is supposed to be there to protect them, to make sure that if something has got to the stage where they have been hurt or abused, that that's where they go to get their justice. And that's what happens. And that's how they feel. I just I don't really know what to say. I know it's heartbreaking and shocking at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, I I actually feel quite emotional when I was listening to you say that. The fact that a woman feels that it's safer to just let whoever attacked them walk free than try and make them face justice in whatever way that would take is... I I can't get my head around it, to be honest. No. And I'm sure there are people listening that think, well, I've had a great experience with the police or whatever, but just hearing one person can change your point of view and if you're that one person that gets the bad end of the deal that's just going to traumatize you isn't it so why would I take that risk by going to the police and of course another thing is as well obviously the things that happened to me were years ago and that's another thing when people say well you know so why would I put myself through it you know if it's bad enough as it is and then nothing could arise from it I I wouldn't even risk it I'd, I'd rather leave it dead and buried kind of thing which again is so sad but it is I I feel so much for you that you feel that way but with the decision that you chose which was to not go to the police do you feel (laughs) I know you just said there about it being dead and buried but do you (laughs) feel it really is dead and buried for you no it will always be with me what has what's happened to me I think with one person, I've got a bit of closure because I have confronted them in regards, this was years ago, but I had confronted them in regards to what they did. And I did expect a really awful response, but actually the response I got was tears and apologies and actually acceptance of what he'd done, which was actually really, this sounds awful, but really nice to hear because it's just kind of you confirming yes you did do this to me and you know you did it as well but the other man oh god I don't think he even realizes what he did I don't think he realizes how 
how horrible it made me feel, anything. I don't think, and I battle with myself constantly. Do I speak to him? Do I get that closure? What response am I going to get? And again, it's another thing of just leave it dead and buried because even though to me it is still so fresh, it's always going to be fresh. I don't think anyone's ever going to just get over anything like that happening to them. What's the point in dragging it all up? No, I, I understand. I understand completely what you are saying. And I think what is so hard with all these judgments and comments on social media is there is a fine line between someone who has experienced something and someone who hasn't. And regardless of how high the statistics are that women have suffered some form of abuse or attack, mm. if you haven't, you automatically have an opinion. And yeah. I think that that is something that people need to be so aware of. If you haven't experienced something like that, then think of yourself as very fortunate and lucky that you don't have yeah. to know what that feels like. And mm. don't try and put what somebody else has been through into a box that you want it to be in, you know, to make you feel more comfortable. That's not yeah. okay. I think especially with men, and again, this isn't me like man shaming or anything, but I think a lot of them have that... Um, that attitude of well I've never done anything like that and neither of any of my friends however I think a lot of men don't actually realize probably a lot of them have actually done something they a lot of them have probably done something because we've all the conversations I've had with my girlfriends when we've said we've all been there multiple times when you've just had sex with someone because you felt really pressured they got a bit angry they you know just suddenly come on to you and you or they said something like well, you knew what you came here for. That was something that my friend said that had happened to her literally the other weekend. That someone turned around, she said, look, I'm not really comfortable. I want to just go to bed. And he sort of, you know, kicked off and said, well, you knew what you came here for. And does he even think to himself at all? Well, saying that comment actually is really, I shouldn't have said that. And that's very bad of me because then obviously they went on to have sex and she felt so pressured into it. Does he ever sit there and think, oh God, that's me? Or does he not even remember such a throwaway comment? But to her, she's never going to forget it. And this is why I think so many men think, I have never done anything like this, when really they have. They just don't remember it. I, again, I can relate and agree. When I was 16, I had a similar situation with a boyfriend where I was completely pressured and I'd actually said no. And then I felt guilty and I was made to feel so guilty. Hmm. And I didn't clock that at the moment when things were happening. And it was literally about 10 minutes after it happened i remember walking it was at a um it was at a social thing and and when i went back into the event because we left when i went back yeah. i my head was like that something doesn't feel right and you can't yeah. explain it you can't put your finger on it you're like i don't feel myself something's just happened that i'm not okay with but i don't know what it is because it's so normal to think that pressuring not, and i know obviously when i was 16 that's a good 15 years ago now i get that <laughs> but it, it was so normal, like you said, to be manipulated, to be pressured into it, that it would, and yet how many people must have felt like that? And you wouldn't go ahead and say that that was rape. Well, I wouldn't, I, I don't even know if I would call it rape now. I would say manipulation and I would say pressure, but everybody has still got a different standard of what counts as rape, what counts as this, what counts as that. And that's another factor that means that, that the people that want to do it can get away with it because they can get around there is there, there needs I feel there needs to be such a stronger black and white view when it comes to yeah. this and it needs to really be enforced I think you've hit the nail on the head there as well is that you were 16 and when we were young 
it wasn't like this. There was no social media for us. You know, we had like MSN. <laughs> so there wasn't so much exposure to what these lines were and what shouldn't be crossed and what was consent and what wasn't and what was good and what was bad and what was right and what was wrong. That wasn't there. You know, the only time we got to speak about things like this was sex education at school, which was rubbish. It was about ovaries and penises like let's not lie yeah. and and then your your mum you know saying be back at this time and say no to boys that's all you got really you know yeah. we didn't have this open discussions that we have these days and when you are young exactly like you said you feel it's wrong you feel funny but you can't put your finger on it the lines are so blurred but now we know that things like being pressured into sex you know being really angry and the only other choice is you have sex with that person or they're going to kick off basically that is rape or sexual assault whatever's happened we know more now we didn't know these things back in 2005 2004 2006 you know we didn't have that information that we have now no i know social media has a lot of flaws but i think it holds so many more people accountable because like you said it opens these conversations and the reason people could get away with it before is because people felt awkward i didn't tell anybody about that I didn't go to my friends and say I don't feel right about that I went back in the no. room and fake put a smile on and carried on for the rest of the evening of course yeah that's what we just we just did that you know I never turned around and said I dread going home to my boyfriend every night no you know my friends would say you know god I can't wait to get home to so and so and I'd be like oh my god me too and really I was thinking I couldn't think of anything worse than going home to him anything worse because I was in such an abusive, awful relationship where he was doing what he was doing to me all the time. And it was over, you know, it wasn't over like a little period of time. It was over years. So you just put that, like you say, that brave face on that smile and you just pretend everything's okay because you don't know any better. Exactly. And I am curious as to how many women would listen to this and maybe it jogs something in their memory from if they're a similar age to us and when they were 15, 16, 17 where something like that happened and they just literally never thought about it again because they thought it was that normal. And then yeah. hearing this thinking, oh, there was that time where... Yeah, absolutely. And again, absolutely. that's making me feel like I want to cry. That makes me feel so sad that that is, such, that is going to be such a common thing. I've never spoken to a girl. I'm so open about these things with my girlfriends. This is a different level, obviously, social media, but I'm doing it. Uh, but with my girlfriends, oh, my God, I'm so open about things, as you well know, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> but I think that's great. But, <laughs> you know what I'm like. But I've ne I'm still to come across a girl that said nothing's happened to them still to this day. I've never had any girl. And do you know what? Most of it is assault and rape. It isn't just like, oh, I've had my bum slapped or I've been catcalled. Those are just the little things. Well, they're not even little things, are they? They're just the things we don't think about yeah. that happen all the time. But the big things, the assault, the rapes, the abuse, it's happened to so, so, so many girls. So many girls. It's just so accepted. It's so such a horrible word to use, but it, it just is. I just, I can't get my head around it. When you were saying that, obviously, when you were younger, you were in a relationship and this abuse carried on for a yeah. long time. Once you finally were able to break away from that relationship and move on to dating other people and being with other people, how did that affect you? Oh, God, there's actually a really big story in regards to this. And I don't usually tell people, but I'm going to say it. So I really thought that I just was somebody that, I just thought I didn't like sex. I just thought I was somebody who absolutely hated sex. So when I actually came out of that relationship and went into a new relationship, the man I was with was quite a few years older than me. 
and I was absolutely terrified. I kept thinking, how am I going to tell this man I don't like sex? How do you tell a boy, by the way, bearing in mind my my thoughts are that all men want sex, all they want is sex, they love it, they're just sex hungry. You know, that's the sort of thing we grow up with thinking. How am I now going to tell this 27-year-old man that I, I don't like sex? Like, how am I going to... It absolutely killed me because I couldn't get my, my head around. Like, how am I... I was so embarrassed. I was so, oh, God, just so upset. And luckily, we took it so slow. And there wasn't even a conversation about taking it slow. We just took it slow. And after three months of dating, like pure dating, nothing else but dating, by the time three months was up and we actually got together as a couple and we still hadn't done anything, I completely realised that I did like sex. (laughs) And that actually, I did not feel that way. And I was a whole different person and we had the most amazing relationship and sex life and it was great and I actually realized I just like it's like I came out of a shell don't get me wrong we didn't work out we were only together for a year or so but thank god for that relationship because it really turned my life around because it made me realize I was a normal normal in quotes person you know I did like sex I do like sex (laughs) and my heart just breaks for you that the fact that you were literally at the point where you were convinced that that again and it always seems to be there is something that is wrong with the woman there's never anything wrong with yeah. the man over any of these situations you must yeah. not like sex because it was nothing to do with the way that he was trying to seduce you or trying to get you into bed in the first place if you tried yeah. a little bit of love and compassion and consideration mm. but also where you were saying that you realized that you you did like sex and things like that did it also show you that there are other kinds of men out there because I think when you've been in a relationship for a long time you condition yourself to think that every man is like the man that you are with not intentionally but it just happens yeah it did it did definitely because and I think the fact he took it so slow without like I said without even having a conversation I think he just personally wanted to take it slow too made me think you know not not everyone's the same whether you're a man or woman old or young no one's the same and you do have to just look at I think I had to really make sure afterwards after having you know five years of this abuse that every sort of relationship that I went into or like dating or seeing someone whatever that I kind of put that behind me and realized that they're not always going to be the same but yeah I do look at that relationship like I said even though it didn't work out it was a bit of a godsend because it it was a bit of like um, a palate cleanser so to speak to just sort of wipe away all the badness and go actually there is someone that's going to treat you right and not do this to you and not do that to you and be like a normal boyfriend not what I'd gone through for five years well out of such an awful situation I'm just glad that you've had something that's been able to break it up for you in that sense of even though like you said it didn't work out but that you've got nothing but good things to say about that particular person and situation to help you I went to say grieve I don't think grieve's the right word but recover or heal from I know what you mean I know what you mean just to sort of you're never going to get over it but just to sort of like you say it's kind of like grieving like grieving your past self really like because if you met me all those years ago even though we kind of knew each other through the grapevine years and years ago um you would not have known me as the person I am today I I was just an absolute shell of myself I had anxiety I had depression I had constant panic attacks I couldn't honestly just couldn't live life normally because I was just going through this awful awful relationship and nobody knew 
no one knew like my parents didn't know my friends didn't know they'd no odd like snippets like i say oh you know this has happened or that's happened but nothing you're completely doing it on your own you have no, nowhere to turn to no one to talk to another reason why i want to come forward and say my piece because someone listening could be going through this right now and all i want to say is my inbox is open and i'm sure yours is too because if you ever want advice or anything i am just here I know how horrible it is. I know how hard it is. I know how lonely it can feel. Of course. And what I'll do is obviously I'll put the in- our Instagram handles in the description of the episode. And at mm-hmm. the end of the episode, we can say them so that everybody knows where they can find you or me if anyone needs to talk about absolutely anything like that. While we are talking about men, the world has changed a lot in recent years. But when it comes to women feeling safe with men, do you think that much has actually changed? Or do you think it's something that it's forgotten about until something as awful as what happened to Sarah Everard happens I think our acknowledgement of it has changed I think how it's seen how it's spoken about women and men standing up for themselves a lot more in regards to things happening to them I think that's changed I just don't think a lot we haven't come very far there's still they you know years and years ago it was this whole if you're a receptionist and you've got your bum slapped in the office it was normal obviously no one would ever do that now because it's so well they probably would but you know not as much it was seen as normal in quotes back then but now we had this kind of like we've just spoken about this lad culture of well it's okay to slap her bum in the club or pinch her bum or touch her boob or even grab her vagina most of us have had that happen to us I think it's just kind of changed and our acknowledgement has grown yeah yeah but do I think we've come very far from like what the 70s the 60s no not really I think there's just different ways that it's happening now if I'm honest what would you say are the different ways I think I don't want to say this lad culture I hate that word but I think it is that lad culture like I think there's probably a lot of things going on behind closed doors years and years ago and it's more open now but just because of the way culture has changed and our lives have changed, women have, women and men have a lot more one night stands. We go home with people or on a night out, we might have like a cheeky kiss or whatever happens. You know, lots of sexual assault and things like that might have been done behind closed doors years ago. And now it's more open. And like you say, years ago, it might have been more pressurised at home. Right. Now it's pressurised with like one night stands. But how it happens has changed, if that makes sense. Yes, I get what you're saying. So what you mean is that you just think it's being able to happen in different ways. So although on the surface it looks like we're tackling more and we are making people more accountable, really they are just skirting around and finding a different way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously if you look back in like years ago, like I said, the 70s or whatever, there would have been a lot of workplace bullying and sexual advances. And like I said, like that typical, the receptionist being called love and slapping her ass and making a sexual comment and saying something about her boobs. And although I'm absolutely sure that probably still happens today, like on the odd occasion here and there in offices or workplaces, probably doesn't happen as much. But now it's kind of switched to men outside of the workplace it's more less in the workplace more in the clubs in the pubs out whereas maybe that didn't happen as much back in the day because it was seen and it was 
disrespectful when you were seen doing it. That's just my opinion. That might be completely wrong. I could have people, you know, from back in the day going, no, this happened all the time, actually. <laughs> but I think, it's, it, like you say, it's hard to explain, but I just think it's changed. What came to what mind came when to you mind? were talking then for me was I think that men have maybe changed away in the office. This is, I'm thinking of a work environment now. Yeah. And I'm thinking of previous employments from a few years ago. I think the men in charge, I do want to say I've worked with lots of lovely men. This is not a, but there's been a couple of situations where it might not have been around sexual inappropriateness, but they've used their power instead to feel a certain way. Because I do believe that a lot of the slapping the arse or doing whatever it is like that is a way of feeling like the big I am. Yeah. And what I notice some men do now is it won't be anything around that, but they can still make women feel just as intimidated and just as like a bit like the thing of something's just happened there and it's not right and it's not necessarily around sex it's just trying to use their power I remember that I worked with a man who was literally I can't I don't want to say too much but he was the whole premise of a of a thing we were working on was about supporting women and building women up so that looks amazing and yet Mm. anytime I used my voice and there was a time I had to defend someone I was working with and the response I was always met with was I think you need to think about if this is the type of place you want to work at and it was like right so I'm just stating that there is something that needs to be resolved here and I'm not even you know I'm not raising my voice I'm just telling you that something's gone wrong and every time I'm telling you that you're threatening my job basically like he did it two or three times and then you feel like oh I better not raise my voice I better not say that I mean I just left because luckily at that point I was older I'd been through different situations like that to know but it, but he did it two or three times, and I thought, so you're trying to show that you're supporting women, and you wouldn't do anything like that, and all this stuff has changed, and then you're just finding another way to get your kids to do it. To get yeah, you this is feeling. exactly what I mean. I think it's still around sexual assault, sexual pressure, anything. You know, I think this whole circle is around. It's just been changed how it's used. I think it's just different from maybe like if you put together the reports or how women felt in the 70s compared to now it would still be there but just done in different ways yeah i I don't think we've changed that much i think we've just moved on to how we do it and like i said another thing i love is that obviously not love that's the wrong word but men back in the 70s or 80s would probably never ever ever have come forward and said my partner is abusing me whereas now there's documentaries on it more men are speaking up we're all speaking up and saying no matter who you are man woman old young whoever whoever is abusing you come forward much much more accepted can you imagine a man in the 70s coming forward and saying my wife abuses me well yeah he wouldn't i i feel like you said people wouldn't take it seriously they wouldn't no again and it's such a as human beings i feel we have a really bad habit of if we've not experienced it we still like to talk as if we have yeah if i was there if if that was my wife doing that i'd just do this as if you would actually know you have no idea until you're in the situation what you would actually do or how it would go down you just don't know and yet we still like to tell people what to do when they've been through it or how they would have handled it and even this is the thing even when you have been through it you can't you can't give advice it's on your situation i've given tons and tons and tons of advice to girls that have gone through abusive relationships that are currently in them you know ringing me saying i've got bruises on my arms what do i do and you can give all of the advice under the sun 
one, whether they take it or not, and two, whether it's the right advice for that situation. Yeah. You know, you can always turn around and say, run away. He's put bruises on your arm, of course. But it's all, it's, every single situation is different. You you just don't know that person, that that's where they live. They could have kids. They could live together. It's such a difficult situation to comment on and give advice on. It's so hard. You just have to really help everybody. You do. And why, again, sticking on the subject of men at the moment, and this is something that I've literally just done in our conversation in the last few minutes. So I'd love to know what you think about, you know the saying when people say, not all men. And there are a lot of people on social media getting very angry now about saying (laughs) not all men. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, God, I don't. Oh, anyone that's on my Facebook putting hashtag not all men just is getting immediately deleted. (laughs) (laughs) I, of course... We all know it's not all men. We know that. (laughs) We are well aware. Trust me, boys. (laughs) We know. But it's most women. And in my opinion, it's a lot of men. Because like I said before, do you even realise you've done it? Do you even realise you've made that comment? Do you even realise you've pressured that girl? You know, did you think it was okay that you had sex with that girl while she was asleep? Do you think that's okay? Do you even remember it? Because you were drunk too. It's all those things. So I do think it is a lot of men and it's a lot of women that are going through it. Um, When men, you know, people say that men get scared walking at home on their own at night too. Yeah, from other men, you know. Of course, just to reiterate... I know it's not all men. We all know it's not all men. I have a dad that would never dream of doing such a thing, but I'm sure my dad's probably made a few comments in his time that aren't appropriate, you know? I have male friends that I've called out and said, don't do that, don't say that. It's just the way of the world. And I think the men that are putting not all men, you aren't helping your case. You're making yourself look worse. Do you realise that? Because the men that are sitting there and they're sharing the stories and they're saying enough is enough and we need to stand up, we need to call each other out now. Those men are the men you look at and you think you're the ones that I want to be friends with. You're the ones I'm going to feel safe around. You're the ones that clearly aren't doing these things because you know the line and you know not to cross it. You know consent from not consent. You know right from wrong. The ones that are saying not all men are the ones you think, God, you sound dodgy. And do, you, do they realise that's how they sound? And comments, like I said, flying around on Facebook. All you've got to do is look at the comment section or someone's status on Facebook. And lots of the men that were writing, hashtag not all men, the comments they were coming out with when a woman would write back and say, well, this is my opinion. And I saw men saying things like, you look like you don't wash. You clearly stink. You're definitely not the 97% because no one would touch you. <gasps> that Yeah which is, again, why I had to come off of Facebook. And this is, I I cannot even get involved in this because this was just like random comments. But it just made me so sad. This world is so broken. There are people out there, men and women, who are thinking this, thinking this statistic is made up, thinking it doesn't really happen, thinking that it's more important to say not all men rather than let's help women. It's just ridiculous. And it made me so, so, so sad. It, yeah, listening to that then, because I have to admit, I don't often engage in comments on things or read things because on the times I have, like you said, you can just find yourself within the space of two minutes going from yeah. going about your day to feeling absolutely <laughs> infuriated yeah. and thinking, nope. But that does lead me on to my next question, which is how much responsibility do you think is put on women to protect themselves compared to the amount of responsibility being put on men to do their part in making sure women feel protected? 
is there any responsibility for men, really? <laughs> like, what have you seen? Like, we've grown up, Charlotte, you know, we've grown up. Don't go, go out late at night. Don't walk on your own. Don't get too drunk. Don't leave your drink unattended. Walk to your car with your keys between your fingers. Park under a street lamp. Don't park in the dark dark part of the car park. Rule after rule after rule after rule. How many times have we rung our fake boyfriend in the back of a taxi? Rung your mum when you're walking down the road just to be safe. Do you know, and when you put it like that, it's so normal that you don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I know. remember when I first went clubbing, like you said, you'd have a drink, and if it wasn't in a bottle, people used to say, buy a bottle drink because you can put your thumb in the lid. Oh and then my that God, way, yeah. no one could get anything in there. And if I ever bought a drink that was in a glass, I would be so on edge. If I like wanted to put it down to have a dance, I'd put it on the side, and every 20 seconds, I'd be like, is it okay though? And I'd be like, can we dance yeah. near the table because I want to watch my drink? And that's it. And you're still paranoid, you're still sipping it, going, I haven't been watching this the whole time and yeah. all these things go through your head like you said the keys walking at night constantly like if it's cold I have my hood up and I constantly feel a shadow and I'm like who's that what's that oh and God, you look yeah. behind you and it's so normal that you don't think there's anything wrong with that but when you say it all together you hear just how wrong it is yeah and I think a lot of men that I've spoken to who've had like really open discussions with me when I've been sharing a lot of stuff on social media they have said I haven't even considered this I never knew this. This didn't come into my head. Do you really feel like this? Yes, we do. And I'd say, yeah, this is how we feel. This is how we do. And they'd say, like, oh, I've spoken to my sister or I spoke to my girlfriend or I spoke to my mum or whatever. And they were so shocked. I didn't realise this is what you actually go through and think of and the things you have to do. I didn't even realise just walking down the road, like silly things that like you can't even listen to a podcast walking down the road, even in the broad daylight, because you have to be always have your wits about you. Someone could be behind you. Someone could be you know, trying to grab you or anything, you know, you just don't know, do you? I walk my dogs and I walk them in the middle of the day and I send my live location through WhatsApp to my family every time because yes. in case I go missing. How ridiculous does that sound when you say it out loud? How ridiculous. I'm not in a film. I'm not in Taken. <laughs> but you have to because it happens, you know, it's ridiculous. And like I said, I don't think a lot of men realise that we do this. And so when it's all come out and we're all sharing our experiences, a lot of people are going, oh, my God, do you actually do that? Yes, we do. So I think it's brilliant that it's being shared because it is opening eyes and opening ears and opening the world. <laughs> yes, I do think that, like you said, men don't hear these same lessons because they aren't taught them because people think they don't need to know them because that they're assuming, yep. it's the assumption, again, it's a lot of assumption, but it's assuming a man won't need to know that. But any female, you must know this, you must know that. And I feel that I've never had a conversation with a man about it because it's just so normal. I don't think it's a thing. So I don't think it's yeah. a thing to talk about. So and also, what you'd think in your head, why well, am I going to talk to you about that? You won't understand. Even though that's really sad to say, because actually, there are probably men out there that are just as scared as we are to walk home and walk through the streets of London or whatever, late at night on their own. And they should be being taught these things too. You know, it goes both ways. They should be taught as, as much as we are to be safe, as well as people being taught not to rape and assault and kill people, you know? It just, everyone should just be taught everything, if that makes any sense at all. It does. Just treat everybody as equal. If everybody has yeah. the same lessons, then it's because subconsciously, when you're only teaching women this, you're teaching the men that are not good, the men that are out there doing these awful things, yeah. that that they're kind of learning the tactics. I, I don't know. I just, I do know what you're saying, but it's like they are learning... Yeah that they don't need to worry and that they're not a, it, it, it's like a conditioning that it creates and also perhaps if men were taught these things this is how to keep safe 
maybe they would think twice about how they silly things like walk behind somebody or park next to somebody's car or whatever maybe perhaps if we all are brought up equally to think of these rules people would think twice about how they go about their lives because they're thinking and i'm trying so hard not to say you know men and women because i know it happens equally it does but perhaps a man would think twice about something he was about to do and i mean anything in it you know in his head innocent thinking that girl could be scared she's walking faster i can see she's got her keys in her hands when really they probably don't even notice that when no. we're probably running in the other direction thinking oh my god this man's following me and they're probably thinking what the hell is this girl doing <laughs> because they've never and it's not a nasty it's not a bad thing they've just never had to think about it so why yeah, would they notice it. because they haven't had to think about it that's it that is literally it that they have never had to think about a situation because they've never been taught that either like i said you know lots of men i spoke to had no idea like, do you really feel like that? Yeah, of course we do. Are you joking? This is completely normal for us. So, so normal. And you know, they just don't have a clue. They don't. And I mean, I've, it's when you were talking about sharing location, me and my friends, we do that regularly. If my friend's taking her dogs on a walk at lunchtime, she'll send us her location. Yeah. I have a friend that was walking down a residential street at about nine in the morning. And a man actually did pull up and say, get in the car. And she was like, sorry, <gasps> no. And uh, he tried to get her in the car two or three times. And oh obviously, like, she was okay, and she just kept walking, but she had to make the phone call, and and that was in broad daylight. Yeah. There yeah. were nine houses o'clock in the morning. There, nine o'clock in the morning on our way to work, yeah. and it still happened. And these things do happen, and it's the one time that women think we relax and think, do you know what, they'll be fine. We can't because we just no, never. We always think the one time we relax is the one time we're going to mess it up, and we think yeah. we're messing it up. They're not messing it up. Yeah, you're the we're fact you just up. said that. This is the time we're messing it up. You know, it's so we're so conditioned to think we haven't done enough to be safe, and again. Coming back to going to the police thing, you go to the police and, you know, you get a lot of, what were you wearing? How drunk was you? Where was you walking? On, on your own, late at night. That's the comments that we, people have had, women have had. So, again, we're so conditioned to thinking it's us and our fault. We weren't safe enough. We were too drunk. We were walking on our own. How silly of us. How stupid of us. Oh, and that bit infuriates me. It makes me just a little Same. bit, you know. Yeah. I was also I was thinking when you were saying that it's, it's different because it's not around... Um, rape or sexual assault but when I was 13 there was a another girl and I we're actually in a group of us and we're walking down the street and this other group it was women and men but uh, I say women and men we were teenagers but they grabbed us and they they were they mugged us and they pinned us against a wall and this went on for about 10 minutes right while this like ordeal and I remember the thing that I remember from the whole thing I was 13 is a middle-aged man walked past us and we're two girls on our own clearly being surrounded and attacked in some form or another and he looked me in the eye and I looked at him and I said help us I said it to him and he read my lips and he looked down and kept walking oh my god and I was like uh what are we going to do because again there are people walking past but a lot of people think it's just a bit of a scuffle and they're not picking up on it but this man picked up on it he looked at me and i i was a bit of a dorky 13 year old i'm not the type of girl that goes around getting in trouble and i was like help us and he looked down and he kept walking and it's that same thing and he probably didn't even mean any harm he was probably just scared of doing the wrong thing yeah, but, and getting involved and getting hurt himself, which is so, so sad that we do have this mentality of, like, I get involved and then I can get hurt and I become the problem. Or but he could have gone away and called the police. He could have gone somewhere yeah, and been outside and called the police for help, but he didn't. He just literally ran away. And he was, say, 
uh, he looked at least mid thirties, and we were young God. teenagers. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> Saying that and getting us rattled up now, but what do you think? Have you got any ideas about what could be done to really start to change and make this change to put more of a responsibility on men? And just, it's not about taking it off of women. It's like you said, it's just about making it equal for everyone. more equal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've thought long and hard about this question even before we've had a discussion like just in general what can be done because I'm sure a lot of people have just had enough now we've had enough I really really think schools young age we start we're learning about sex education at a young age when we learn about that we need to start learning about yes no right wrong consent what isn't consent that really needs to be thrown into the mix how to treat somebody what sexual assault is the fact that obviously like I said when we were younger We've probably had no idea that, like, putting their hand up a girl's skirt and pinching her bum was actually assault. That's actually assaulting somebody. Mm. You know, you can't do that, especially when they go a bit further. That re- you really can't do that to someone. <laughs> they think it's just innocent, harmless fun. I think people need to be taught these days, it's not harmless fun. Whether it happens to you, whether you're doing it to somebody, it's not okay. That's somebody's personal space. You can't invade it. I think teaching that from a young age and all of these situations and all of this safety and consent and what is assault and what isn't assault and what is rape and what isn't rape and just having this put into our heads from a young young age I really think that would just help on both sides whether it's happening to you or whether you're doing it it makes it more clearer more understandable for people and just hopefully that would stop it because people would actually because I do believe that a lot of assault and things like that happen from people that don't even realize what they're doing is assault or rape they just think it's a situation that they're in the whole boys will be boys thing I think they realize that they've done it but if they did it could stop it with social media we've been talking quite a lot about how what has changed over say the last 10-15 years is people are more open because of social media well largely because of that it creates this new awareness. So what you will find is people that are already very conditioned in their 30s, 40s, 50s, I don't know, um, will start being open but won't see a problem. However, had they been made aware of this sort of thing at school, at that young age, if they'd been made to see a different opinion when their brains were still much more impressionable, because we all know the older we get, once we get our minds set on something, we yeah. can change it. And we again, we are learning about that. But it's a lot harder than when yeah. we're younger to be taught something when we've got a fresh mind. We're, ta- we're taught from such a young age. I remember being in like year five and having a policeman come in and talk to us about drugs, cocaine and crack. What the hell? I had no idea. I was in year five. I had no idea what that was. What the hell even is drugs? I didn't even know what it was. So why are we not being taught what consent is and what rape is and what not to do? Why is that not being taught in schools from such a young age? I think it really needs to be homed in on because it could really just help the future generations to stop these things happening. This casual boys will be boys. I keep saying that, but that whole generation of like, oh, you know, it's like it just happens. This happens, that happens. No, no more. Enough is enough. We've got to stop this now. It's not okay. It's not, and I think you're right, and I think if, again, I actually believe if it happened in schools, it would also make young girls more aware that when they get to 15, 16, or whatever age they decide to start having sex, or just getting involved with boys in whatever form, or that they will know it's wrong off the bat, because they will have been taught what's right and what's wrong, whereas they won't go through the whole, something's just happened, and And I I don't don't feel okay about it, but I'm going to leave it because I don't, you know... I'm, I'm with my boyfriend we've been together for a while sex is normal so yeah 
Yeah, and, uh, and I do think as well, when you're a young teenager, you're so impressionable. But have you lost your virginity? Have you done this? Have mm. you done that? And when you haven't, oh, my God, you know, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 17. And it, everyone knew I was I was the virgin, you know. Um, luckily, I was quite a stubborn teenager. Would you believe it? Um, <laughs> but when people would approach me, I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm saving myself. I'm waiting, you know. I'm doing it when it's right, you know. And I did have, I was quite lucky again to have a lot of people around me that said things like, I think that's really good. Like men and women, boys and girls would say, I think it's really good that you're still a virgin and you're saving yourself. And because I just saw the pressure that my friends were going through from the boys that were like in our friendship groups and all of that. And maybe, you know, more education in schools. Don't do that to your friends. Don't, you know, don't speak to your friends like that. Or if a boy does that to you in your friendship group, that's not okay. But back when we were younger, it was just, God, it was so normal, wasn't it? That one of your friends was sleeping with one of your other friends and she wasn't quite okay with it but he was really asking for it and it just happened and yeah it didn't sit right with me even at that age hence why I never kind of did it because it never felt okay with me so yeah if you didn't have sex you weren't cool yeah absolutely and I always remember when I was 13 and I I actually went to an all-girls school because I'd had enough of boys and I was like you know what I'm done (laughs) and by 13 (laughs) there was the cool group of girls and we went on this night out somewhere and one of the girls was with this 16 year old guy and I just remember seeing her and my brain went I want a boyfriend now I didn't understand anything about it I just was like no I can I'm into boys now and then that was it I was on this like mad boy hunt but it was nothing to do with me actually feeling ready. It's because what I saw and thought, well, that's cool. It's to, yeah. to be cool or to be liked, I need to be doing that. So I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I got, I when I was younger, I got quite confused and blurred the lines of friends and boyfriends. So I'd have a friend and he'd be like a really good friend and we'd spend a lot of time together. And then suddenly he was my boyfriend, but I didn't quite want him to be my boyfriend. And I'd then end up breaking up with him about two days later because I didn't quite want him to be my boyfriend. But when he asked me out, I thought I should say yes because we're such good friends. It was even silly things like that. You just don't really understand, do you? So you'd be like, yeah, okay. But really you're thinking, no, you're my friend. <laughs> What's going on? But you're such, you're so young. You're so impressionable. You don't know, you know, anything yet. You're still such a baby. Yeah. You have to learn those lessons, don't you? But like I said, I think teaching in schools would just help so, so much. I have to say, I think it's awareness. Awareness is everything. And the more awareness we can create, it can only do good things. Yeah. What is one thing that you know about women's safety and how situations like these are perceived that you wish you knew when you were younger? I think literally everything we've just spoken about there, just being young, I wish I could go back to my younger self and just say, this is wrong. This is right. Don't do this. Do do this. This is not okay. Because I think a lot of stuff that happened to me, I think the first time I was probably sexually assaulted, I was 14 years old and I was wow. extremely drunk, which was so naughty of me, I know. Um, <laughs> and I was just carried, I carried away like from a train station, literally just pulled away by a man. And God, like, at that time, I could, I could remember everything about it, what I was wearing, everything. But did I do anything? No. Didn't do anything. I don't mean my mum even knows. I honestly don't think she does. Because I just thought it was so normal. I just want to tell my younger self, that's not okay. Mm. That's not okay. I just want to tell young girls what is okay and what's not okay. I just want to, I feel like I want to be a big sister to like the world. (laughs) Just 
tell everyone i just think girls of a young age really need to know what's right and wrong and, and and boys obviously of course everyone needs to know what's right or wrong i just think if i could speak to a younger generation that's probably one of the main things i'd speak about i feel like what you've just said there just shows how valid your previous answer was about what you could do to change it with schools because i yeah. It shows just how important. All you can think about with that question is, when I was younger, I would have wanted to know what was right. I would have wanted to know what was wrong. And known it well enough to be able to try and do something about it in the moment. Yeah. Rather than going along with it. I think that literally Um, says everything. And when I say younger, I don't even mean like 13, 14. I mean, there are things that happened to me when I was 20, 21, 22, 23. You know, it's only been like the last few years that we've kind of come into this world that more people are open and share their experiences and more people are coming forward, more documentaries are being made and the world is being set to rights a little bit more. Feminism has, you know, really come out in the open and everyone's really taking their stand. But even when we were young, like in our 20s, the things that we experienced weren't, weren't okay, but we didn't know. We just didn't know. It's not even about being like a child. It's just being uneducated and not knowing, isn't it, really? Completely. I Education, I... You've completely opened my eyes in a way that this is stuff that I feel like I have quite a lot of awareness now. I make a point of reading and doing my research and yet having this conversation with you, I already now feel I have another new perspective on it and I'm really grateful to you for that. So thank you. You're so welcome. (laughs) And thank you again. I'm honestly, I know I keep saying it, but I am so grateful for you being so open. You will have helped so many people by being as natural and upfront as you have been. So again it's so lovely that you've been through so many awful things and I hate that for you like I'm so sorry that you've had to go through that but that you are able to turn it into such a ray of light in a way because it is it's like you are like the light at the end of a tunnel for so many women who can't see a way out or can't understand what's going on so it's really incredible how open you are being it's so lovely to hear you say that honestly because even when I do speak about it I've still got that vulnerable side to me of like oh god you know I'm speaking about this out loud I'm admitting it to myself and like now I'm on a podcast like god but if people don't talk about it no one's ever going to talk about it and if I'm that person I've got a big enough mouth we all know (laughs) (laughs) if someone's going to talk about it it's going to be me I, I talk about everything all the time and like I said the only reason I felt like coming forward is because I've seen other people come forward with their experiences and as you say if I can even just have one girl woman man whoever listening to this podcast and think I'm going through that I need help this isn't right that will be enough because without sounding like some martyr you know that is what we need to do it's the only thing we can do at the moment what else can we do you're exactly right all we can do is keep having the conversations keep it in people's minds and keep that awareness there yeah so where can okay where can we find you on social media if anybody does want to reach out and speak to you about things that we've spoken about uh, so my Instagram is at A-G-J-X. My Instagram is private, but of course I do check my office folders and friend requests, etc. So, yeah. And if you do get me on Instagram, you'll see how much I share about the world, sexism, racism, homophobia, the lot. <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, just say, honestly, I, I've really learned a lot. So thank you. You're so welcome, Charlotte. <laughs>